1 to 3 p.m. Lifetime Live with Griselda Dudumashe. Lifetime Live with Griselda Dudumashe. A very good afternoon and thank you so much uh, for joining Lifetime Live with me. Crisalda Didumashi is your host. We're together until 3 p.m. And uh, between 3 and 6, uh, you have Sir Ernest Pillay doing the home run. And uh, we start our conversations uh, with an equally disturbing. I, You know, I was listening to Bongi Kuala as he was talking about uh, alcohol consumption amongst learners. And um, that the younger uh, of inception, the younger of starting uh, to drink, Drink alcohol. It's just getting younger and younger, and it's just scary. And you wonder where are we as parents uh, when this happens, and how do we empower ourselves to help our children? Um, because you know the long-term effects, repercussions are just going to be severe. And uh, I don't know if, as a country, as a people, as parents, we are ready to deal with those repercussions. And they become they uh, fall pregnant uh, when they've uh, consumed alcohol and. Uh, could it be that perhaps even in, in the structuring of our communities, our society, you have shebeens next to schools, uh, what needs to give um, is what we're going to be reflecting on. And uh, joining us uh, on the line is Lebohang Dizela, who is a monitoring and evaluating specialist at the Seoul City Institute. Good afternoon and welcome, Lebo. And to the listeners, and thank you for having me on your show. You know, it's very difficult to have these conversations when you be when you become just, um, you know, a radio presenter, but also wearing that hat of a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, this is disturbing. It is very much uh, disturbing, uh, especially because. Um, I mean, alcohol is so easily and readily available, and it is even more alarming that, you know, pupils in schools are able to get inside schools, you know, consume alcohol on their premises, and the dire effect um, thereof um, is really something that is that is of concern. I mean, when we're talking statistics of one in two teenagers actively consume alcohol, where yeah. are they from? So there's the surveys, you know, that 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 we do um, in the country, um, the Human Science Research Council, the Medical Research Council, the Center for Justice uh, and Crime Prevention. They've done quite a number of surveys, the National Communication Survey, and they really tell us that, you know, young people um, consume quite high amounts of alcohol, and the danger in that is, you know, they they binge drink. So from sitting um, in one occasion and consuming five to six you know, units of alcohol, that's where the real risk is. And what I think what's even more alarming is the fact that, you know, as a society, we've normalized it. So where our culture, you know, allows young people to drink and allows them to, you know, um, entertain themselves with alcohol. And we don't really discuss or want to talk about as parents, as teachers, you know, as caregivers about the harms of alcohol, the harms of alcohol advertising and just what that does to young people. I think that's where um, we tend to fail our young people as a society. Could it be a culture or how we're being socialized now? Um, Because I don't think there's any uh, people who would want to include alcohol consumption at an early age as, as part of their practice. Yeah, so I think it's, so culture definitely is one of them. Um, and as I said, it's about how we've normalized and how, you know, for us to have fun, how for us 
to to socialize and have a good time during the festive seasons, during birthday parties, weddings, you know, we, we actually avail alcohol and young people can drink, they steal it, they are allowed, you know, to have it. But over and above that, it's also the fact that, you know, there's such high density of alcohol outlets in our communities, in our townships, in our rural areas. I mean, one recent study that we did at Soul City found how there were 36 school, schools in one of the big townships in, in China. There were 36 schools and there were 147 licensed outlets. We didn't count unlicensed. So that just shows so, you how, you know, people are able to get alcohol because from this we saw that some schools were within, like, giving a 10-meter um, radius to school. So if I can get out of a school and get inside a tavern, which sometimes could be a tuck shop, you know, that's why I go to buy my lunch. Uh, mm. And I could be over 18 but still in high school. So by virtue of being 18, I could buy uh, alcohol. So it's things like that that actually make it difficult um, or make it easy for young people to access alcohol, drink it in schools. And, you know, we shy away also from really even engaging on how there's a lot of non- non-compliance to the laws that we have as a country. I mean, as a parent, how I mean, how do I sell alcohol to a minor? Uh, Let, let's answer that question when we return from a break. Because um, I'd like to also know how do we empower parents to just be on the lookout for? How do you know that your child is drinking? Hashtag SAFM Lifetime. We're taking your calls uh, right now on 0891-104-207 and uh, WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. You can also join us uh, via Twitter or Facebook at SAFM Radio and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live and uh, welcome your SMSs at uh, 40938 charged at 150 per SMS. And we're talking about a finding um, that uh, uh, shows that one in two teenagers actively consume alcohol and uh, also the finding uh, further goes to show that 49% of learners uh, interviewed had consumed alcohol at some stage during their high school year and and I, I then asked myself that is it possible that perhaps this problem has always had always been there um, but you know the previous generations were able, able to hide it because there was no social media and uh, joining me uh, on the line right now is Lebohan Dizela who is monitoring and evaluating specialist at uh, Soul City Institute now Lebo uh, is it maybe perhaps that uh, this is one challenge that's always been there but because then there was no social media um, we, it was not as heightened as it is now so I think social media definitely has played a huge role um, and also how over the years, you know, being westernized as a society, we have welcomed, uh, you know, certain products or beverages in our society. And thing is the industry, you know, they have rightfully or outrightly declared that their intention is to actually saturate the African continent, you know, with the alcohol product and marketing is the main driver. Um, so. With that said, you know, social media is one of the means that they use to promote. But I think even TV, the fact that, you know, we have been seeing an increasingly large amount of alcohol, you know, adverts that are enticing, that are, you know, attracting young people to want to consume those products. And research that we have been doing in the country has been showing that young people consume what they're actually seeing on adverts. So I think social media definitely then enables them to, you know, tweet or even, you know, make videos go viral or photos. And young people then want to associate themselves with ideals that, you know, advertising um, makes them aspire to 
but oftentimes, you know, those are the, the good or the fun or the positive sides that, you know, will be shown on social media, even amongst young people. It is the, the, the social ills, you know, the health effects, the physical effects, the deaths that we tend to shy away from uh, and recognizing that alcohol is a drug. Um, it is a substance and it is not just something that should be taken lightly. So in terms of um, demographics, do we know where the problem is heightened the most? So a lot of the, the research that I mean, we've been seeing, um, I think focusing mainly on young people because that's where the risk is. You do see adults that are actually consuming and, you know, binge drinking. That's, that's a norm. That's a, that's a trend that we are, we are seeing over the years. But the risk with young people from the surveys that you are also, you know, um, coaching is that teenagers that are between 11 to 18 year old are actually binge drinking. You know, you would expect that at that young age, young people are engaging in, in other things, you know, focusing on school, um, being, you know, stimulated through extracurricular activities and not necessarily engaging in um, substances that are actually harmful to their body. So we are seeing an increasing number of um, young people that are actually consuming within that age group and those are their school-going kids. But also, it's also the fact that, you know, by 18, the law allows them to drink, but our, our, in our society, you get 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds um, that are actually still in school, but, you know, they're able to access alcohol because they're 18, or also they're able to ask adults to buy them alcohol, uh, and then they can give them the show of the alcohol that they bought for them. But I'm sure also age. some of the adults that send children, um, young children, to just go and buy them alcohol, alcohol. and that Definitely. happens a lot that, in the townships. That's an, that's an entry as well, because if I can go and buy alcohol for my mother today, how do you know that tomorrow I'm not buying it for myself? Mm. And I think that's where, you know, where we are not complying to the laws because as a trader, you shouldn't be selling to a minor irrespective of who sent them. And, you know, that's where as communities, as caregivers, as adults, we need to actually engage and be active in actually not allowing such things to happen and holding traders, holding, um, you know, um, outlets accountable to what the law says. And I think that's where a lot of dedication has to go as well. So how do we empower parents? Um, so I'm really of the view that, you know, mass media is one of the, the biggest, um, I think, culprits because young people are on it. This is TV, this is radio, this is including social media. So I think as soon as we as caregivers, as parents, acknowledge and actually act and forcefully go our, you know, out of our way to find out what the law says about alcohol advertising and engage in that space and want to make a change and push for the lobbying of these policies to be passed. So I think that's one of the ways. And parents definitely need to, I think, of course, educate themselves and be educated. We need to have programs about just how harmful alcohol is, how alcohol is such a substance. And we definitely need to monitor, you know, what our children do. As a parent, you know, you shouldn't just be comfortable that my child has gone somewhere, they've gone to a party. You don't know what they're going to be engaging in. So it's important that we keep track. We actually teach our children. We teach ourselves. And we know just, you know, where the risks are. And we're able to better protect ourselves. I think even when we're having celebrations, you know, be cognizant of the fact that if you're allowing alcohol in, you're creating a norm. You're normalizing how in your family, in your community, that will be part of the entertainment. And that is where the dedication has to come in. What does it mean for young people? Mm. They are susceptible. They would, you know, want to try out things that give them a good time, a good feeling. So if we don't get to then, um, like Rishoka said, you know, if you don't get to teach or train your child of Alemoniani, that's where the risk will come in and they could then be dependent. That's where the abuse could come in later in their life. All right. When you return from this break, I'd like us to talk about, as a parent, what are some of the telling signs that your child is consuming? Call Chris Selda now, 0891-104-207.
Right, we also welcome your SMSs. Um, an unsigned SMS, I think this was Garabo, Garabo uh, Tebele from Sikukune saying, uh, parents and taverns owners, uh, pa- parents and tavern owners, uh, the reasons why alcohol is accessible to underage uh, children. They might say 18 plus, um, but it is just a fabrication uh, to the media and the kids are the ones uh, that generate money uh, from their parents, which is just tragic. And uh, we're talking right now about what is it that we can do as parents to prevent this? Um, One in two teenagers actively consume alcohol. And joining me on the line is Lebohang Dizela, who's um, a monitoring and evaluating uh, specialist at Seoul City Institute, taking your calls right now on 0891-104-207 and also your WhatsApp voice notes on 061. Uh, we also on Twitter and Facebook at SAFM uh, Radio and you can hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. Let's take Patrick in Woodbank. Good afternoon and welcome. Hi, hi, uh, Sister Wooden. I'm good, I'm good, Patrick. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, my sister. You know, <laughs> as, as, you, as you opened today, I felt like you, you, you just saw me, what happened to me yesterday and you're talking right direct to me, you know. And, uh, <laughs> My, my situation, I, I had a situation actually yesterday. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, maybe I, I'll try to, to squeeze it uh, into two minutes or less. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, your guest say exactly what, what I always say, that uh, as parents, we should, be, we should be vigilant of our kids. And we shouldn't allow kids to have privacy. Like in my case, mm. in my house, there is no privacy of kids. You know what, when I, my, my, my sister Priscilla, mm. yesterday, man, today's Thursday, Tuesday, he calls my wife at school, that uh, my, 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 I think my nine-year-old, they were smoking in the toilet. I didn't mm. know. I felt, you know, you know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. It was a shocker. Mm. They were starting, and, and I traced the story, all to find, you know, this funny little thing that it, they don't smoke cigarettes these days. We smoke this funny body thing. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't smoke. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know it. But normally they suck it and it blows like a huge cloud. And I find it out they were smoking that. Guess what? I did what government is against as parents doing it. I whipped him. I whipped him. And I told Sometimes him to go you to feel helpless. Station. It is against the law. I'm glad you know that. Uh, but sometimes you feel helpless not knowing how exactly to communicate the message that this is wrong. It is wrong and it's so hurting. Because you can imagine it's 10 years. 10 years. I don't smoke. I am 46 years almost. I don't ever smoke. I never try to drink. My child is doing that. All to find that uh, I think 500 meters away from my house, there is this Pakistani guys. Who just went in there and they they sell it this you got this thing from them hmm. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Patrick, for sharing. And I hope you don't ever lose hope and, and give up on your child um, because it it remains our responsibility to guide them. They may not know that they need us. Um, there comes a time when they believe that they have answers for all the problems in the world. Now, how does one know, Lebohang, that your child is using substance, especially alcohol? So, I think especially because children most of the time then will be at school as you know as the caller just mentioned that 
you will get called, you know, at school that a child could be abusing or using um, substances, including alcohol. Mm-hmm. But I think also one of the ways is once you start noticing things like your child is skipping school, most of the time parents, I mean, I agree, you never get to know, but looking out at, you know, trends of school attendance, looking out at ac- academic performance where, you know, where your child is no longer performing well, where you're seeing that there's a change, there's a drop, or you're actually seeing that they're no longer as interested in engaging in, you know, um, activities that actually help them at school. And I think also where peer pressure is also one of the ways. I mean, it's important that as parents we track who our children are actually hanging out with, you know, engaging with, because that is where a lot of, you know, substances are also introduced and they want to try out things. Mm. And I definitely think looking out for what your children do on social media, what TV programs they are looking at. I mean, at the moment, of course, there's proposals to to ban, to restrict, you know, alcohol advertising on, on TV, but monitoring, you know, just when your child watches TV and also looking out at what, what are they seeing, what are they exposed to. And hence I'm saying if they're exposed to, you know, uh, brands of alcohol and, you know, the messages, the aspirations that they give them, they want to try that out. So I think as parents looking out at such things and trying to monitor and, and control to what degree our children are exposed to such things or such friends that could be of bad influence to them and really trying to nip it in the bud. Mm, I think those mm. are some of the ways. And definitely being educated. I think as parents, it's important to come together and want to actually be active and proactive in, in trying to really make sure that our communities are not as, you know, um, don't, don't have our colleagues readily and easily accessible as they are. I think it's one of the ways that we cross. I think to. what is even more tragic is that we are way on where these things are. Here's an unsigned um, SMS. Uh, it's true that drugs, uh, alcohol, uh, on the doorstep of uh, schools and homes, bars and liquor outlets and drugs are, ha- are just to drive. If you just drive around, um, they are everywhere. Municipalities have to note where their license is granted and modes of transport, drugs availability, ruining our lives and sending broken hearts. And I feel your pain. I feel your pain indeed. And we're taking your WhatsApp voice note as well on 0164, on 0614-104-107. All right. Hi, Chriselda, and your guest, and all the listeners. On the question that you asked, uh, Hore, uh, is alcohol abuse more or caring more now than it did back then, or is it because it has always been the case? Uh, it's just that now social media is exposing it. I think alcohol is being abused more now than it was ever the case because back then would when our parents used to um, advise us we'd listen to them you know and you'd listen so now as kids kids have so many rights you know the rod has been spared so the child has been spoiled and kids can do whatever they want and i'm just wondering this person who's busy making regulations in government saying people can drink from the age of so and so do they have kids those people because i think this multinational companies with so much money promise big funding in return for their products you know being moved around the community you know if this regulation can be put here you know we can push so much volume we'll make a lot of money and then we can invest so much and because now these people in government they are looking for something along at least it's a personal gain then 
they make those regulations and and disregarding uh, safety yabato uh, you know that's just what i think it is it's worse now than it used to be kitabo motaung Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Tabo, for that contribution. And I think Mpendu Longwanyana also echoing your sentiments that uh, we do have laws in place, but uh, those that are in business of uh, selling liquor are ignorant when it comes to enforcing uh, such laws, which is just, and what do we do as a community? Um, Because uh, the other day I I saw a video two days ago of a a community in Mahalisbeg that we're just tired of waiting for government to act on issues. Um, they went on, checked expiry dates um, at some of the goods that are sold uh, to communities in the area of Mahalisbeg and took it upon themselves to just ban the goods. And, and, and I mean, why do people have to go to such extremes to protect themselves? And why is it that as a society, I think we've moved from just doing the right thing at the right time? I mean, um, you know, when a, a person says the wrong has been spared and now the child is is spoiled one in two teenagers are actively drinking alcohol here's the news headlines with Utsile Sako call Chris Zelda now 0891-104-207 and uh, continuing with this conversation uh, land expropriation now and that's a, t- a Twitter handle uh, says the question will be co- the question that will be correct is if it's directed to the premier of uh, the Western Cape Helen Zilla for, and her cabinet uh, why do they want to make alcohol available at school and the DA is proposing um, that um, alcohol should be made available in schools for fundraising What's your take on this? Uh, let's take your calls on 0891-104-207. And joining us on the line is Lebohang Dizela, who's monitoring and evaluating specialist at uh, the uh, Seoul City Institute. Mo, you're joining us from Deben. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for calling me back. Look, whatever we shall sow, we shall reap. So Ooh. in terms of enjoying the concept of democracy, and what it means to a nation or a people, and in view of the ethics and values and so-called religious values that people stand for, I don't see why in this current environment of democracy we shouldn't legalize even prostitution, or why we should, shouldn't legalize bestiality, or for that matter, whatever the evil can be, and restrict it with an age group. I think that's absolutely crazy, and it's suicidal, human behavior. It only is going to lead to more evil. All I'm saying is that this context of democracy that allows drinking and alcohol, it needs to be removed from society. There is no such thing as responsible drinking. Because you're trying, you want to discuss children drinking. Let's discuss what carnage happens on the road because of lack of judgment on the part of adults when they drink. I don't. Th- I think this is a case for. I don't think we need to prove this by science, really. Mm. That the facts are there and they speak for themselves. That this is an evil, like every other evil, and no society should entertain it. Really, I mean, why are we even delving and trying to bring some sort of order into how we discuss this? This oh. is an evil substance. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mo. And and there's been videos, um, Lebohang, uh, videos of learners beating up teachers 
and and you know when an inquiry is held uh, there would be conversations around uh, that the child was under intoxication the child was using substance so this is also leading to violence within schools so that is also very true. I mean, you're speaking about interpersonal violence. It's even, you know, alarming that you see people fighting with, you know, their teachers. Because mm. uh, a lot of the times you also know that, you know, people will fight amongst themselves, you know, where weapons are used, where, you know, there could be bullying, young people are involved in gang violence. And that's even more alarming is the fact that, you know, there can be sexual assault and, you know, rape resulting from, you know, uh, intoxication. Uh, but to tell you a little bit about, you know, there was a survey that we did just recently looking at school-related gender-based violence. Mm-hmm. And we found that, you know, in communities, um, a lot of young people that are between 11 to 18 years old are actually um, involved in sexual violence. And a lot of the times they don't even report it because they could possibly not be trusting the teachers or even the parents. But learner to learner, um, you know, sexual violence was actually in such a way that three out of ten people experienced it. And there were also reports of teacher to learner um, sexual violence occurring in about, you know, two out of ten children. And interpersonal um, partner violence also actually took place and sexual intimate partner violence where, you know, young people are forced to, you know, engage in sex out of fear, out of guilt, you know, Mm. uh, being asked to do shameful or humiliating acts. And, you know, them being devilishly um, threatened, you know, being slept, or just, you know, in their normal relationships in schools, them actually finding themselves in some violent um, behaviors in their relationships. So this is happening in schools. So just seeing how um, even in our schools from alcohol being readily available, being, you know, consumed, there's a lot of violence that happens. And our young people, our children are the ones that are actually experiencing or perpetrating it. I think that on its own should be alarming that, you know, we can't, it's not business as usual. It just shows mm. just how big of a problem this is. All right, uh, taking uh, your SMSs, let's take uh, Colin first, uh, calling us from Cape Town. Good afternoon and welcome, Colin. Good afternoon, Chris <clears throat> Let's start from the very beginning. Mm. You know, um, in the old days, bottle stores closed at 1 o'clock. They yeah. were closed from 1 o'clock till Monday morning, 9 o'clock. No liquor was allowed to be sold, not even in shops or nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. Taverns and jubines were actually not existed. They they existed, but they were very, very scared of the law. They used to be raided and things like that. Now today you get a tavern, you get liquor on every corner. Mm. Now to go to a school and try and bring that for fundraising is ridiculous because you you take four or five hundred children at that school at fundraising. I'm sure, I bet you, at least a hundred or so will have a taste of alcohol on that school premises somewhere or some corner around there. Now, you take the churches. There are certain churches that you can hire the hall, the church hall, for a wedding or so, but no alcohol is allowed. Now, the churches are trying to do their best, but yet the government, and your one call is 100% correct, uh, the ones who make the law... Uh, there is something in, in it for them because uh, the money is flowing. You know what I mean? Government is to blame also for what is going on here. They yeah. are just passing laws to suit them. And as one caller said, I wonder if those people passing the laws have children. Or have they, their children are all growing up now. They've got no mm-hmm. problems now. They're not facing problems. So I reckon a no, no, no to alcohol at schools, no matter what occasion. Thank you, Chris Lilla. 
Thank you. Thank you very much, Colin. I think Shavik is also bringing um, a, a seriously worrying factor. Um, this is a growing phenomenon. For, uh, he talks about, uh, I'm not sure whether it's a he or she, let me not say he talks about. Alcohol is, is a worry, but I have a bigger concern for kids drinking cough mixture. Cough mixture mixed with soft drinks. I know that um, one of the soft drinks uh, preferred is Coca-Cola. I pick up uh, empty cough mixture containers every Monday. And what's the medical authorities doing? Because uh, we know about these things. Uh, who's not communicating to who? And who's not picking up what needs um, to be done? Lebohang, uh, as, as um, Soul City, are you aware of this? And have you communicated with the health authorities? So, I mean, the mixing of, um, you know, um, cup mixtures with, you know, beverages or even the youth thereof. I mean, we've had anecdotal, you know, feedback as we're engaging in communities, but I can't say we really, you know, recorded it well to actually say how big of an issue, how prevalent is it in our mm. communities. However, you do hear instances of, you know, um, young people consuming, you know, whatever mixed cough does because they're wanting to get a high, they're wanting to actually, you know, experience, um, I guess, that effect that they feel when they're actually intoxicated. Uh, but I can't say from our side that we've actually started intervening around it because it's anecdotal. It's like you hear it in, in small packets of pieces and as we hear such, then, you know, we educate parents and we, we teach them about the harms of, you know, I guess children stealing some substances and just what that means and asking them to really closely monitor their children. All right. Give us contact details um, for Soul City and uh, where people can access maybe some of the studies that you've conducted. Okay. So our website is, um, I guess, www.soulcity.co.za. We also are on Facebook, um, Soul City um, Institute. And also on Twitter, and it's at Soul City um, Institute as well. And I mean, I guess, yeah, we are found on our website, and a lot of the contact details are there, um, and we'll be happy to assist um, accordingly. Thank you, Lebohang. Thank you very much uh, for joining us, Lebohang. Uh, I'm only told now that it's Litzela. I've always been uh, detailizing you, and I have humble no apologies for that. Uh, monitoring and evaluation specialist at uh, Soul City Institute, and uh, we're talking about alcohol consumption amongst uh, school children. It should be cause for concern.